Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects more than 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants from the best place for a pizza slice, a taco or a hamburger to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting Vicky Cheng, the chef and owner of restaurants Wing and Veya in Hong Kong. He was born in Hong Kong and raised in Toronto, Canada. His passion for cooking started at an early age, and as a young chef, he was classically trained under some of the best French chefs, including Daniel Beaulieu in New York. We'll hear about Vicky Cheng's decision to return to his birthplace, Hong Kong, and creating his own style of Chinese cooking mixed with French gastronomic techniques at his two restaurants. At the end of the podcast, he will reveal his favorite restaurants in Hong Kong and the rest of the world. You'll also find these places in the World of Mouth app. Who is uh, Vicky Cheng? So I'm Vicky Cheng. Um, I'm the chef owner of uh, uh, two restaurants, uh, Vea uh, and Wing. Uh, and so Wing is my latest project uh, that started about two and a half years ago, and Vea started eight years ago. And tell me a bit about your background. You're, uh, um, you're born in Hong Kong, but you also have uh, spent part of your life uh, elsewhere. Yeah, so I was born uh, in Hong Kong, um, and then uh, around twelve, uh, around eleven, uh, I moved uh, to Canada. Uh, so in between, I was in New York, uh, San Francisco, uh, and then finally settled in Canada when I was very very young. Then that's when I started to cook professionally, um, um, and many years in Toronto. So I'm also Canadian. And then after that, uh, I made the move to New York uh, to further um, my culinary knowledge. Stayed there for three years, and then finally came back to Hong Kong um, thirteen years ago. And uh, and your restaurant, uh, your main restaurant, Wing, has been open since uh, for quite a f- uh, few years now. Uh, it would be three years this April. In a few sentences, how would you describe your your restaurant? Um, well, Wing is uh, my Chinese restaurant, um, and in short, uh, it is uh, a restaurant that uh, where I express uh, Chinese food through my own way. Um, growing up as a as a French trained chef, um, I've never learned how to cook Chinese food before, so the dishes here that we do are absolutely Chinese, uh, but somehow is very different uh, from traditional Chinese. Uh, nor are we fusion in any way uh, because um, we don't. We try to. We try not to use uh, European techniques or European um, uh, even uh, ingredients here. Uh, but you know uh, everything we we cook here uh, are sort of somehow it's kind of almost self-taught um, through my vision and my knowledge of uh, French cooking but then um, the product itself is Chinese and when you say Chinese uh, cooking uh, would that be Cantonese or, or focusing on which which uh, which style or regional style of Chinese cooking well uh, the thing is uh, because I never had a chef uh, for example a Cantonese chef teaching me how to cook or a Shanghainese chef teaching me how to cook um, uh, we don't categorize our cuisine into uh, regions um, 
it is just wing Chinese cuisine is how we always describe it because there will be uh, dishes kind of drawn from maybe Shanghainese, uh, Shanghainese cuisine because my mother is Shanghainese. Sometimes it has a, a small Chiu influence because that's where my dad is from. Um, you know, spending a lot of time in Hong Kong, so uh, perhaps um, the most influence is Cantonese. Uh, but I love spicy, so there will be a little bit of Sichuan. So, um, but ultimately, no matter where we draw the inspirations from, it's always Chinese. Um, so this is the, 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 the unique part about uh, a wing, is that we always try to create dishes that are uh, unique to this restaurant as well. Uh, okay, if we go back uh, a few years to your your childhood and so, um, you mentioned uh, uh, about a bit about your childhood. But um, when it comes to food, which which food memories and what kind of what kind of food did you did you grow up with, and and um, what how did that influence you? Well, uh, when I was very young, uh, I would I was always uh, I would eat a lot of. Uh, Shanghainese food because I grew up with my uh, single mom and so I spent a lot of time um, you know uh, having having my mom's side of the cuisine which is which is Shanghainese um, and then you know and then I would once in a while also still have some Chu Chao cuisine um, uh, but I think I think that was while I was still in Hong Kong once I moved to Canada um, Basically, most of my meals were now Western. So growing up, uh, wanting to be in this industry, I've always thought that French cuisine was the epitome of fine dining. And so uh, since I was very young, I wanted to cook French. And that was, I was, I, I, and I dedicated, uh, you know, my, my young life to, to French cuisine. Um, and, you know, uh, in those restaurants, there were no Asian influences no asian flavors um it was just very traditional french and and because of that you know i learned french cuisine in a very traditional manner and i think that helped me a lot to to uh, to know and understand the importance of um you know finding the roots and understanding the tradition before uh, I try to manip manipulate it in my own way or merge it with another culture. Um, so that's actually how Wing all started was because Veya is a restaurant that is what we call Chinese French. So it's traditional French with a lot of Chinese ingredients and sometimes influences. But then, you know, in the end, uh, the feeling that you when you leave the restaurant is you, you had a French meal. Um, with a lot of perhaps Hong Kong or Chinese memories and ingredients that you may, you you may have had before in a Chinese restaurant, and um, you know to continue on that uh, because uh, of my belief in the true true understanding of of the original dish or uh, product or culture, um, I really submerged myself into understanding more about Chinese uh, uh, cooking. Uh, now, when I say understand, is really just trial and erring by myself, cooking meals for my friends, um, sometimes failing, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes not, um, but uh, always learning from it. 
uh, and that was the only way that I could learn because I didn't have a mentor above me to teach me Chinese food. So maybe sometimes it would take, uh, you know. But I didn't. I'm not walking in there blindly. I know how to. Uh, I know how to cook. You know, uh, it's just not not this type of cuisine. So trusting my palate that I've developed for so many years, I um, uh, I slowly uh, had to you know obviously do some basic research and then do some R and D. Sometimes maybe it would take me fifty tries for one dish to come up, and that one dish, uh, one dish is not even meant for the menu. It's just meant for me to take the knowledge from this one classic dish, and then basically throw it away and turn it into a French dish, and that's what Veya does. If you would uh, have to mention a few of the sort of signature dishes that you. You uh, you have been uh, known for or working f- with for a long time. Which one could you mention a few of those and what they what they're made of? Well, Vea uh, has um, you know in short has three signature dishes. Uh, one, the first one we came up with is uh, dried sea cucumber. So dried sea cucumber is something that is very Chinese. is often seen in um, high end Chinese cuisine. Um, and uh, so you know and, and it's rarely seen uh, in western restaurants uh, and so for us uh, that became a first signature and we would make it crispy um, so we changed the texture slightly so then you know because sea cucumber sometimes can be uh, it could be a little bit repulsive uh, sometimes because of its texture you know it's a texture that is not often experienced in China, in, in western cuisine and knowing that and growing up with a Western palate in, in, in Canada, uh, I, I understand how this could be a, a little bit um, difficult for, for some to eat. And so, no, and I don't, you know, and my sort of objective and my goal is for people to come in here and, and have, have experience and eat things that they've never had before. Uh, things that are quite foreign and perhaps quite things that they, were, they would never order on a la carte menu but have it on this tasting menu and and think they may not like it, but end up liking it, you know. And to do that, you know, I knew that I wanted to change the texture because that was probably the, 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 the most important thing that why people may not like it. So I would make it slightly crispy, stuff it with a, a, um, a, a sort of like a shrimp mousse um, and then do a sauce on the bottom, a rich seafood sauce uh, using you know, uh, the heads of the shrimp, different shellfish. Uh, and uh, the result is almost like a familiar bisque, you know, uh, with a soft, bouncy mousse uh, and a crispy layer of something that you may have not, uh, may not have had before. But then when you close your eyes and enjoy it, uh, it's something very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the goal of, of Vea. The second is fish maw, um, which is another dried seafood. Um, uh, fish maw is often served with um, uh, uh, like a meat sauce like a brown meat sauce uh, in Chinese restaurants uh, or in soup uh, we do it in uh, we braise ours in like a almost like a fish butter like a fish butter sauce um, and we serve it with caviar uh, crispy quinoa so and, and this changes all the time sometimes we serve it with black truffle um, it's just uh, the idea is to use something an ingredient that is so foreign again fish ma is something that's a texture of collagen so um, 
if you like it, you, you, you love it. If you don't, then you know, it might be a little bit new for you as well. Yeah. And so we try to bring in something that is familiar to you um, and incorporate it. And then the last one is dried abalone. Dried abalone, again, is just basically only used in Cantonese cuisine. And in our case, we put it in a pativier with sweet bread and boudin blanc. So um, everything about it is so French. But then you have this like super Chinese dried abalone. And dried abalone, nine times out of ten, is served with um, uh, with a uh, what we call dried abalone sauce, which is actually kind of like a like a like a like a jus, you know, like a like a classic French sauce with a reduction of, um, in this case, chicken and pork together. Um, and and so we serve uh, this PTVA with this. Um, very Chinese sauce, but then at the same time, it somehow is very French at the same time because it's literally is a is a bone and meat reduction. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was from from Bea. Um, any any darling dishes from from Wing that you you you'd like to mention? Uh, well, Wing is also you know we have um, uh, we have many dried seafood here at Wing naturally um, because. Uh, you know, if my French restaurant, my my French restaurant has it, obviously my Chinese restaurant would have it. So we have a few signature um, dried seafood dishes here that is completely different from from Bea. So the sea cucumber that we do here at Wing um, is using a different type of sea cucumber, a much larger one, and then we 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 braise it. So after from dried until you can cook it, it's seven days later. So it's very labor intensive work. And then finally, we wrap it into a spring roll with a technique uh, that we do uh, that is almost like a souffle. So uh, the end product is kind of the concept is kind of like pom souffle, uh, you know, where the where the where the spring roll puffs up uh, into just like air on the inside. But then on the inside is only just one piece of very flavorful sea cucumber um, that will somehow remind you of like. Um, pork fat, you know, uh, the pork fat somehow you, you you just want to avoid because of health issues. But, you know, this is like a guilt-free pork fat because it's extremely good for you um, okay. and very flavorful. That's one of them. Another one is fish maw. We do it in a fish maw rice, um, which is also one of the signatures. Um, we have many signatures actually, and maybe maybe one that is we're also very very proud of is our house-made uh, century egg, uh, which is like this like uh, golden duck egg that we preserve ourselves. Uh, it takes about two months to do, um, and is very very different from what you can buy in the market because often when you buy in the market is always uh, has this like strong ammonia flavor. Um, uh, and it's uh, and perhaps it's been on the shelf for a long time, so the egg yolk is not no longer runny anymore, um, so on and so forth. So we do ours um, with a house-made um, uh, mala chili oil, a very very well balanced and chili oil, so um, the 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 spiciness doesn't linger. You know, this is something very important to us in the restaurant. Is no matter how what level of spicy it will hit you it should hit you right in the front but then it will go away within five ten minutes because uh, we, we don't want that to linger onto your next dish yeah. 
In the next part of the podcast, Vicky Cheng will reveal his favorite restaurants in Hong Kong for wonton noodles, roast goose and much more. And also his favorite places in the rest of the world. As you're based in in Hong Kong, let's let's also talk about some some other restaurants and the restaurant scene in in Hong Kong. Um, please tell me, I mean, generally, uh, what's what's going on in the the Hong Kong restaurant scene, and then if you'd have a few favorite places from street food to fine dining, uh, could you reveal some some favorite places? Um. I mean, Hong Kong is just a city full of choices, full of um, very good restaurants. Um, and, you know, often people will ask me, what, which restaurant should I go to? And, you know, immediately I would I would ask them, what, what do you want? You know, what, what category of food do you want? Because I could name you really good sushi, really good wonton noodle, really good French, you know, so, and the list goes on. So... I think, um, and we have the luxury, luxury to, to to you know to have that in Hong Kong, which is which is fantastic, um, uh, and most are friends here in Hong Kong, so they they and they are very very talented, uh, chefs. I think um, for me, you know, uh, with the two kids, uh, two girls that I have at home now, we perhaps go out fine dining a little bit less than before. So I also like to go to casual restaurants. Um, uh, you know, uh, I love noodles. So one of the noodle places that I love to go to is called Soyuke, uh, uh, which is Shuki, Shuki, um, and this is uh, uh, known for um, uh, maybe perhaps uh, one of the best um, beef offals in Hong Kong. Yeah. So it's like you talk about the. The esophagus, the lungs, the spleen, the 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 intestine of the of beef, um, and and it's it's I think it's third generation doing this uh, same recipe uh, of noodle, and it's very just hole in the wall, you know, very just on the street, uh, and it's near happens to be near my work, uh, and it's very very delicious, and I go there uh, quite often. Um. Then you know we have a, a wonton noodle. I think is one of the must-haves in in Hong Kong. Um, and unfortunately, there are some good and some bads. Um, uh, my the one that I like to go to is uh, Max Noodles. So Max Noodles they have many branches. I like the one on Wellington Street. Uh, so this is something that is so Hong Kong. Um, and what's special about them uh, is you know they always come in a small uh, bowl uh, and so they don't come in a big bowl so sometimes you get a little bit like um, uh, it's kind of deceiving if you don't understand why they serve it in a small bowl because it's like you know the, the it could you know in short you have to eat two bowls to get full um, for proper lunch uh, and two bowls Versus, you know, uh, one that is cheaper. You know, people would would think like, oh, you, this is this is not very uh, valuable. But then, uh, for me, I I look at it as, you know, almost like ordering um, 
a half pint in half pint of beer in in the middle of the summer in Thailand yeah. versus a full pint. Yeah, you good know, one. You you rather order two small half pints, right? Yep. Yeah. To keep it cold, right? So same thing, uh, to keep the noodles crunchy, to to keep the soup hot. Um, uh, it is very very important in wonton noodles because the noodles itself, they literally cook it for like five seconds and that's it, uh, and it's like beyond al dente. You know, we don't even we, we can't even describe it as al dente because it's like, it's it's another cal it's another vocabulary. It's it's kind of like a it's crunchy. It's almost crunchy, not not just al dente, um, and that's also the technique of the noodle. Um, so. Very very good. I, I love I, I love bringing my friends there when they come out of town. Um, in terms of fine dining, <coughs> one of one of the places I love going to to celebrate with my wife for a special occasion is um, uh, Caprice, which happens to be a very very good friend of mine. He's a is a French restaurant, a classic French restaurant in Four Seasons, Hong Kong. Um, he is known to be. Uh, you know, everybody call him the sauce king because uh, his sauces are, are always, always amazing. Which I think, you know, for French cuisine is maybe one of the most important part of its cuisine. Yeah. Dim sum is another thing. Is another one that is uh, very important in in Chinese culture and in and in Hong Kong. <clears throat> and and again, you know, dim sum is everywhere. You know, there's. There is high end, low end, take away. You know, dim sum is just uh, something that is has become so common. Um, and I, in my opinion, I think when it's done right, uh, is uh, is a work of is a work of art. It's an artist, you know, making making little dumplings. Uh, and so, one of the best dim sums that I experienced in Hong Kong uh, is also. Uh, run by a, a very dear friend of mine um, at the forum. Uh, so the forum uh, is a is a, a three star um, Chinese restaurant uh, famous for its uh, dried abalone, uh, and um, dried abalone, as I mentioned before, is a big part of our cuisine. And so obviously, you know, uh, for me, once you had their abalone, I I don't think you need to have abalone anywhere else because because. You know, it, they're basically the ceiling. Um, then, on top of that, you know, they have very good other, like for example, sweet and sour pork. Like all these dishes are very very good. Um, sweet and sour pork can be quite deceiving, deceiving as well because, you know, this is also a dish that you find in like takeouts. Um, but then when it's done right, is is absolutely incredible. And of course, like I mentioned, the dim sum is. You know some of the best that I've ever had in Hong Kong. Well, the, I mean, for local for local eats, I mean, uh, there's a there's a roast goose restaurant. I think um, you know, and it, they're quite famous. Called the uh, Yat Lop, and everybody, uh, you know, there's always always a long queue. Usually, always thirty to forty people lining up at lunchtime, um, and it's it's literally a shop that that jams like I think like must be 40 to 50 people inside uh, a not very big restaurant and it's you know the service is like quite quite rude quite rough um but the food is delicious you know the the, the goose is very very good um so people people go and what's what style is the goose 
Oh, 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 oh uh, Cantonese uh, roast goose. Yeah. Cantonese right. style. Sure. Like the the whole the whole roasted goose. Yeah. Um, again, the roast goose is, you know, it, it is everywhere. Roast meats is a big thing in Chinese in Cantonese cuisine. You yeah. know, everywhere they have roast meats. Every high end low end restaurant has it, um, and they just do it very very well with the spice blends. The temperature, the turnover of the goose, just just uh, controlled very well. So, um, I really like going there, as well. I also love to go to a restaurant called uh, Genuine Lama Hilton Fishing Village. Sorry, I never, I never know, I never actually remember the name because we just take the boat there. We end end up dropping us there. Yeah. So, um, it's it's a beautiful place that I love to take um, uh, chef chef and visiting friends uh, from outside of Hong Kong because you know um, when you think about Hong Kong you immediately, you immediately think about um, you know a concrete jungle city a lot of good restaurants indoors uh, shopping malls and things like that but Hong Kong has a lot of nature uh, that you know unfortunately a lot of times for visitors when they come in they're usually in Hong Kong for three to four days and in those three to four days, there's so much to, to eat and so much to shop and so much to see that you're often just within the city. So this place is, uh, is a place where I usually go. Uh, I would bring my friends to, um, to the wet market uh, to show them, you know, what the market is about in Hong Kong because I try to go there every day. I love seeing the market because I always find things that uh, you know that are uh, maybe available today and not tomorrow anymore and so I love like visiting markets by myself but then when my friends come I would take them there buy seafood and then we would carry it on this speedboat and the speedboat would take us to this island to this restaurant I'm talking about and they would cook that seafood all the ones that we buy plus more that, that that's available there yeah um right next to the ocean and and we would get our hands dirty on a on a, on a, on a plastic table plastic stools um looking at the most beautiful view of hong kong and have seafood and that is really genuinely um what i think about hong kong as well is not just you know the the, the, the high-rise buildings which are beautiful Um, if you would have to pick one uh, uh, fine dining restaurant in Hong Kong, uh, <coughs> except your own, of course, uh, which uh, any any favorite there? Ooh, um, it's a hard one. I mean, like I said, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they 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 all great. You know, they they they, like I said, you know, they. My friend has a, a Italian restaurant called Astro, which is, you know, a great Italian restaurant. You know, the Forum is what I mentioned before, is a great Chinese restaurant. Um, maybe if I, you know, like I said, I think it goes back to, for me, maybe it goes back to kind of like my childhood thinking of fine dining is, is French is still the epiphany of fine dining. Um, so if I if you only gave me one choice, maybe I would pick Caprice, uh, uh, that is French and is a is a is a restaurant that we like to go to, um, and it's you know, uh, uh, and and he's a dear friend. Um, 
but that's not fair to say only one, you know, that, because there's, there's so many. Uh, then if we go abroad, um, any, any, any favorites uh, in, in the rest of the world, uh, wherever that may be? Sorn is a restaurant that I, I thought was also just incredible. In you know, Bang- this is a visit in, in Thailand. In Bangkok, yeah. Yeah, yeah in Bangkok. Uh, yeah, this is a, a truly uh, uh, an outstanding, well-balanced uh, uh, restaurant. Uh, I thought Amosu as well Mosu in Korea uh, is, is, is another three star restaurant that was an incredible incredible meal that we had um, there was just a you know flawless three star uh, no French but somehow like Korean you know like yeah. uh, uh, um, it was just I recently just came back from Paris um to do a forehand with uh, Bruno Raju and prior to this forehand I I I had I well I've had his food a couple of times before but I had it um, properly in his restaurant that was the first time and again it was it was another incredible meal um, just the products uh, the, the the temperature the tempo everything and, and, and everything about the experience was very very good I did once upon a time, and well, once upon a time, it was it was maybe five years ago. Five years ago, um, um, uh, Mister Mister Ducasse had um, had um, so generously invited us to go to uh, Le Maurice, uh when it was still his, and and um, this is after a short trip uh, when he came to Hong Kong, and you know he had a. He had a he had a meal here with us um, in Hong Kong, and and um, and then somehow we, we you know we, we kept in touch and met again in in Paris and there was again it was that was my probably my favorite place to be in you know it was just it was just like a I felt like a little child you know in yeah. in in this like beautiful crystal chandelier palace you know um i i never seen anything like that prior to this you know and i thought there was like 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 that would be like my dream dining room you know it was just so 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 beautiful and the moment you walk in you you knew that it was going to be showered with with just like you know uh, luxury feeling and and that's exactly what it was uh and it was great Diverso was a, a incredible experience as well. Like, like totally unique, extremely delicious food. You know, you sometimes you go to a restaurant is is totally unique, but it's not really delicious. You know, sometimes you go to a restaurant is great experience, but it's not exactly delicious. Um, and and I thought Diverso had both. So Diverso in in Madrid, yeah. Yeah, in Madrid, in Madrid, yeah. If you would be able to close down the restaurants for a few days uh, and uh, travel anywhere in the world um, for one meal at any restaurant, which uh, which place would that be? I was gonna say I I was gonna say I, I would have said if it wasn't for me I would go to I would love to go to Santorini and just lay on the blue blue rooftop and and just like do nothing in my underwear you know yeah <laughs> um 
some restaurants. For a meal, um, I think if there was a restaurant that I'm extremely intricate, extremely interested to to see to go, and I've only seen and heard but never came close to, you know, taking my trip to experience it would be um, Alchemist. Alchemist in Copenhagen. Yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah, uh, I mean, if there's a, you know, a place that where where I would, literally literally fly there just to see, and I've seen so much and heard so much, but, you know, in uh, Copenhagen just, is a, is a bit of a stretch for me to just go, so, yeah. To answer your question, I think Alchemist. Yeah. Okay, Vicky Cheng from from restaurants uh, Veya and Wing in Hong Kong. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and hoping that you'll end up in Copenhagen soon, soon again. Uh, good luck with all your restaurants, and <laughs> nice chatting to you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with Vicky Cheng, the chef and owner of restaurants Wing and Veya in Hong Kong. If you liked our podcast, please give it a star rating on the platform you're using now and let us know which chefs you'd like to invite to the show. You'll find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more in the Wall of Mouth app, available in your app store, or visit our website at wallofmouth.app. I'm Kenneth Nars, until next week with a new podcast guest. Thank you.